Hey, everybody, and happy Tuesday. That means it's time for another Fenway Rundown podcast presented by Mass Live. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host, and I'll be joined here on this episode, as we frequently are, by Chris Smith, my co-beat writer at Mass Live. Red Sox are surging right now. They've been one of baseball's best teams in June. They've taken care of business on their homestand so far, taking two out of three from Oakland, two out of three from St. Louis, and now in the middle of a three-game series with the Tigers. They took the opener, uh, and they have two games left before a long road trip to Cleveland, Toronto, and then finishing up with a rare trip to Wrigley Field. Chris and I are going to talk about a lot of Red Sox topics, as we always do when he comes on the show. Is this team a contender? You know, What does the bullpen look like now that Tanner Houck and John Schreiber and some other guys are settling into their roles? The schedule is about to get tougher. Are we going to learn about the real Red Sox in July? What do we think of Jeter Downs, who's just been called up? Is Jaron Duran the real deal? Is he a trade chip? And then finally, we're going to talk about who's going to be named to the all-star team as that voting is underway. So we're going to cover a lot. That's what we do when we get together on this. So uh, here's Chris Smith. And for the first time in a few weeks, you're going to get a Chris and Chris podcast here on the Fenway Rundown as we welcome back Chris Smith, who's been admittedly with the Red Sox a lot more than me in the month of June. That is what happens when you have a pending paternity leave. And in July, I'll have no social life whatsoever. So, um, you know, I've been there in bits and pieces. You've been there a lot, the whole West Coast trip, a lot in this homestand. Um, and I'll ask you straight up, is this team a contender? Are they legit? Yeah, I think they're definitely a contender. I mean, you look at it and people have said that they've played soft competition, weak competition uh, during this, you know, extremely good run. And yes, they play the Texas's of the Worlds and the Oaklands, but they've also played teams that are right around them in the wild card. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Angels have lost, what, 14, 12 straight when they went there. Um, but they were right there, like a half a game behind them entering the wild card, like in the wild card race when they played them. Um, Seattle's, you know, right there. I mean, Seattle was, I think they were ahead of them at one, at one point when they played them earlier in the year and they yep. swept and the Red Sox swept them. So, I mean, you're playing teams that, you know, are right there with you and uh, Chicago White Sox. I mean, that's, that's supposed to be a good team. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to get a wild card right now. I mean, they're trying to get in there. So, you know, like you could say that they haven't played, um, you know, they're obviously the, the schedules coming up is a lot hotter, you right. know, with, with we'll uh, the Yankees sure. and, and Toronto, all that. But I mean, they're doing what they, they have to do against teams that are either bad or just around them in the wild card standings. And like, you know, I mean, the only time they didn't do that, take care of business was the Baltimore series at home where I think they lost what three of uh, five, Three or five. But, right. And then they, they split with the Reds too. So that homestand wasn't great, but generally yeah. the West coast trip. And then what we've seen so far, you know, in this homestand with, with the A's and the Cardinals. And, and as we record this one, went over the Tigers already. Um, it's not you, easy to go on the West coast either and like win, you know, so yeah. even if you're playing bad teams or, you know, an angels team that's, you know, completely free falling, um, like, you know, I've been on the West Coast many times, like with these Red Sox teams, and they just, you know, some of the best offenses just, you know, offense goes to die there. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so, I mean, you know, to go eight and two on any West Coast road trip is, I think it was the first time they had eight wins on a, on a road trip since like 2017. So, right. I mean, still though, you look at it and it's like they're, you know, what, 14 and four in June, and they are still. 13 and a half back of the Yankees. Like the Yankees are 50 and 17. I mean, to me, that's like, well, the division's not even, not even in play anymore. I know they play them 16 more times. I know there's a lot of baseball left, but I mean, if if the Yankees are going to win at a 750 clip, then no one else is going to have a chance there. 
Yeah, and I don't think they were going to, you know, um, get close because I think this is a special year for the Yankees like the Red Sox had in, you know, 2018 when mm -hmm. they won 108 games. Um, so I'm not saying, like, the Red Sox are going to get close here. But how many games were the Red Sox out at, like, the end of, what was it, uh, or the end of July or, you know, I think it was the end of July last year, like, against the Yankees. And the Yankees picked up like nine games in the standings. Yeah, and so it's it's doable, but I don't think it's doable against this Yankees team because I think they're really good. However, when you look at it, um, they're beatable in the postseason if you have your full roster with Chris Sale, Nathan Avaldi, and you know all those starting pitchers. Um, maybe you get another reliever. You've got Alk and Whitlock out of the bullpen, whatever in the postseason. I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but mm -hmm. you know, I just call them a special team and like the 2018. Red Sox, but they can be beaten, and the Red Sox could have been beaten at that point if they if somebody played good enough for five games against them. Right, and I think we could say easily that the Rays last year were the better team than the Red Sox on paper. And the Red Sox beat them obviously in four in the ALDS. As it stands right now, Yankees obviously uh, the Astros and the Twins are leading their divisions. The wild card race is Toronto, Cleveland, and Boston have those three spots. Uh, uh, Toronto's a game and a half up on the Guardians and the Red Sox. Tampa Bay, a game and a half back. The White Sox, three and a half back. The Angels and Rangers, five. And then you start seeing some of the daylight with the Orioles, Mariners, Detroit, Kansas City, some of those those bad teams. So you know, you're looking at you know six, seven teams in the mix there. I'd be surprised to see Texas, you know, be, be this. They're four games under 500. I think they're worse than that. Um, and, and you know, once. Detroit leaves town the Red Sox head on the road this is you know kind of a big road trip coming up you know Cleveland who you're basically tied with right now for three games over the weekend Toronto for three games up there you know you're going to be shorthanded without Tanner Houck and then uh, a rare trip to Wrigley where I'll be uh, enjoying fourth of July weekend against a bad bad Cubs team this is where I think the schedule turns you know you talked about uh, who they've played so far but you have Cleveland Toronto and then you have uh, this really really tough stretch around the all-star break Seven-game homestand, three against the Rays, four against the Yankees. Then you go on the road, four against the Rays, three against the Yankees. You will be having many sleepless nights, not at Fenway or any of the road ballparks at that point. That'll be me. And then three against Toronto, three against, four against uh, Cleveland, and three against Milwaukee when you come home. I mean, all of July is really against good teams, and I think you're really going to learn about this Red Sox team then. I said it heading into the season when they were facing tough competition, you know, out of the gate. Like, you're going to learn a lot, and I think we did. They've beaten up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on. And, uh, you know, they've won a lot of series. Again, they've been bad teams. I think um, what I think the, the real Red Sox team is closer to the dominant one we've seen than the 10 and 19 version. But still, a lot of road games, a lot of tough games coming up. And I think, you know, by the end of July, we're going to get a real sense of what this team really is. Yeah. And, you know, I think they're a wild card team, a second or third, you know, wild card team. And so right. that's what I think we'll see. I think that this is going to be a lot harder than people think with like Tanner Houck, Toronto, you know, missing Toronto. I mean, you finally got a guy that's closing out games and, you know, he just really him and Schreiber are really your only reliable relievers right mm -hmm. now. Strom, I still keep good, Matt Strom in there, but yeah, Matt Strom's good, but like, wow, that's going to be a big loss for that series. And then you look at it and you're like, you're going to ha not have Houck and, and, Chris Sale for a Toronto series, like at the end of the end, at the end of the year, mm -hmm. everything matters. And they might be like a you know game out or a game ahead of Toronto going into that series. Like right. that's that's insane. Like 
people said that, oh, it was not that big of a deal when they saw who was missing from that Toronto series, but now it looks a lot, a lot bigger. It does, and, and that's going to be a topic of conversation. Alex Cora saying yesterday, Tanner Howe will not be in Toronto. He remains unvaccinated. Uh, Chris Sale has not given us a vaccination update since February, but no indications that he's changed his mind. Obviously, he will not be ready um, anyway for this, this series next week. Let's talk about Tanner Houck and the bullpen a little bit, because it seems like finally it took them two months, but they finally do have some structure, two and a half months, really. But finally, they have some structure there. Tanner Houck is basically your everyday closer when they need him. He pitched back-to-back days for the first time in his career, not to save last night against Detroit. You have John Schreiber, who's been excellent, a .86 ERA in 21 innings, coming absolutely out of nowhere to do that. Austin Davis has emerged as a good piece there. Um, you have, you know, obviously Matt Strom, like we talked about, is, is kind of better than the numbers suggest. There's been a couple of blow-up outings. Um, and then some other guys have pitched, you know, well in spots, but but really aren't consistent. To me, I still think they're an arm or two short. To me, Jake Diekman, I think, has completely fallen out of favor. Like, he's not really pitching that much. I know he pitched last night, but he's not a guy that they seem to be leaning on. I think they like Davis over him for lefties right now. Josh Taylor's about to come back. They're going to like him over Diekman, most likely. Um, Hansel Robles, there's something we could talk to that talk about that because you were there uh, Saturday, I think, when he imploded. Something might be wrong with him. So, um it's good that they finally have like the big three, I guess, and Strom, Schreiber, and Hauk at the back end. But still, you can't rely on those guys every day. Um, and I still think reinforcements are going to come. And that could be in the form of Garrett Whitlock uh, when Chris Sale comes back to the rotation. They can move Garrett Whitlock back to the bullpen and have him factor in. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, so when I say like three people are good, like Hauk, Schreiber, and, and you know Strom, I mean – you know, Davis has been very good for this yeah. team, but they haven't used him necessarily in, you know, big spots. And so there have been some other guys. Maybe they step up those guys. Some of us, one or two of those guys steps up. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I totally agree with you that there's a holder right now that they need one more reliever, one more guy that can at least in games, at least one more guy. And, um, you know, I mean, you look at it and, Winkowski has been very good in a starting pitching role. I mean, the Detroit team that he played, he pitched against yesterday is a very great team. And same with Oakland. Both him with Oakland, but and yeah, Baltimore. yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, he's showing you that he could maybe do like you know they they were talking about you know Hauk being in the Whitlock type role before they put Whitlock before they put Hauk as the closer, mm-hmm. and they they were like. You know, they, they needed, they realized they needed him for one inning stints. So, you know, like three, four, one inning stints a week rather than one, you know, four inning or whatever, three, four. So, you know, maybe they do that with Winkowski. You know, maybe he stays, um, you know, and, and settles into a, you know, an interesting, you know, uh, Garrett Whitlock 2021 type role or, but yeah, they need somebody else. Um, I think that Hansel Robles is, is, like his velocity was down like two miles per hour the other night when in the trainer came out as Gore said, he was doing something with his arms. So I, there possibly could be a, a, an injury there. They might be figuring it out right now before they decide to put him on the, the IL. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Deepman, the, the reason with him, I mean, like, his stuff is is good. He just doesn't have control right now. He doesn't have, yeah. you know, he hasn't had command this year. I mean, he threw he throws like ninety seven or whatever. And his slider's a a really good pitch, but it's a pitch that he could just lose in the middle of an inning. You and know? one point four eight whip for Deakman. Yeah. So I mean, 
you know, the controls and issues. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really rely on him at this point. Um, and so you do need to go out and get somebody. But there are also people, you know, that you can look to like a Winkowski that, that, you know, when he's out of the starting rotation or when Chris Sale and even James Paxton comes back, um, you know, some of those guys that are in the rotation can go to the bullpen. I think it's been, you know, uh, to give them credit, and I do think that, okay, you've beaten up on bad competition. You've played the A's. You've played now Detroit and Seattle and whatever. Like, they're, they have played bad teams. But they have weathered the storm with a bunch of key contributors out. I mean, to not have Evaldi, to not have Whitlock, to not have Kike Hernandez, Arroyo's been out. Obviously, you know, Taylor, Sale, Paxton, kind of all longer out than you would have expected at the beginning of the year. Like, they've done a pretty good job you know, weathering that storm. I, I don't count Barnes as a, an impactful guy who's out, but he's also on the injury list, so worth mentioning him. Um, and the guys that have come up have kind of stepped in admirably, right? Like, they're, this is kind of what it takes to be a contender that you have. You know, I think you just look at the game last night. You know, Franchi Cordero has, you know, three hits, and Winkowski pitches well, and Jaron Duran, you know, played well. well. We'll get to him. Um, there's just been a lot of guys coming up from Worcester and, you know, not being superstars, but they've done their part. Um Let's talk about one guy who was not debuted yet, but is now on the active roster for the first time ever. That's Jeter Downs, obviously from the Mookie Betts trade, was activated yesterday. I think everybody knows this is going to be a short stint in the majors for Jeter Downs because Arroyo and Hernandez are both going to be back in the coming days. Um, Kind of a weird promotion. You don't see guys who are hitting 180 at AAA promoted all the time, but uh, that's just kind of he fit a need. He was on the 40-man roster. Um, Two-part question for you. Generally, do you still think Downs has a chance to be a legitimate major leaguer at some point? And also, when you look back now, you know, more than two years removed at that Mookie Betts trade with Jeter Downs, Alex Verdugo, and Connor Wong, do you feel like that that was, you know, a reasonable return? Do you feel like that return is already disappointing, or how do you assess that? Yeah, so going for the second power first, yeah, I think it's a disappointing return. You know, like Verdugo has regressed. I don't understand what's going on. Like he was good in the postseason last year. He had, you know, la- the first year he was there, he was good against both lefties and righties. However, it was short sample size with the 60 games, but he was their best player that year. Right. Yeah. I think Renicky called him the MVP. Right. And Julian, Julian yeah. Williams gave him a real MVP vote. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. Yep. So he was very good that year. Uh, he came back the next year and he was very good against varieties. He had some clutch hits. I remember writing an article early in the season about him, like, you know, that Minnesota game where he tied it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, they were just, he looked like a clutch hitter, a good hitter, a guy that's not going to hit for a ton of power, but it's going to have, you know, 350 on base percentage. It's going to play some good defense and in, in left field. And, you know, it's going to have a high average. Um, yeah. However, you know, all of a sudden, and, but he wasn't hitting lefties as high as a higher as higher rate last year. So he, he regressed from you know 2020 to 2021, and now um, he's just not hitting. And it's like the stats indicate that he should be better than his numbers should be better than they are. Right. You know, like the expected batting average and expected slugging percentage and you know on base percentage um, metrics like. Um, weighted on base percentage or whatever, like all those things expected weighted on base percentage, all those are like insignificantly better. However, you look at it and just, you know, why isn't he, why isn't he hitting, you know, why, why aren't the numbers there then? And so I, I think it's a worry with him, like, you know, and I don't think he, 
necessarily hustles on every play. And so, yeah, I think that that, like, if you asked me that question a year ago, other than like, yeah, the return is really good because they got, you know, even if those other two guys don't work out, they got Verdugo Mm -hmm. who is going to be there for, you know, four or five years or whatever. And, you know, and, and they were trading just, 60 games of movie bets when they probably wouldn't have been able to sign him anyway. Yeah. And I, I actually asked the scout about this yesterday. Here's, here's his response. Very rarely you're able to obtain even close to similar value when you trade a superstar. Verdugo is a solid everyday guy, never going to be a star, but solid downs is a better hitter than he's shown the last two years, but it's always a concern when a hitter struggles like he has. And Wong can be a utility type or backup catcher. So that's a little bit rosier yeah. of a view than I think we have. I think Wong actually can be like next year if they don't bring back Ploiecki and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't well, think he's going to be the number, one, or the number one catcher, you know, but, but well, what I'm saying is they bring back Vasquez, he would be the number one. So they have to get a number one, yeah. you know, if they don't bring back Vasquez, but I think he could be the number two on that team next year. Um, in Jeter Downs, I just, I, I just don't think he has it. I really don't like it's gone so long now. Um, he hits for some power. He's got 11 home runs, but you know, if he's swinging and missing and he's striking out 32% of the time, mm-hmm. in, you know, triple A, and he did that last year too. Like what's going to happen when he's facing actual, like, you know, pitching that really can expose him in the majors. Right. Um, and triple A pitching is known. It's not always like just your high velocity guys. There's a lot of like veterans and older guys and reinventing guys and those types of things too. Yeah. So I just don't see it with him. I mean, like, you know, 180 average this year. And I know yep. average is... 100, 152 games at AAA now. So almost basically a full, a full season. 187 and a 281 on base percentage and 152 yeah. AAA games. Yeah, and, and he's gotten worse from last mm-hmm. year, right? Like, the, the, his average was, what, 220-something last year? So no, it was like, 191 last year and oh, 180 was, this okay. year. Okay, well, I gave him too much right there. But he looked like he was turning a little bit of a corner last year at the end of the year. People were excited, but it's just it's just not – I just don't see it with him. I don't know. I mean, like, you guys talked to him yesterday. He said that the numbers don't always tell a story, and that's very true in, in uh, the minor leagues, uh, especially for pitchers because, you know, I mean, they're working on certain things. But hitters are also, you know, like, focused on this mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, do this and but i just don't see it with him i really don't and i mean, he's gonna, i think that he's a good defender so like he can maybe be a backup utility guy and he'll be 24 in july so like that's not that young and then if you're talking about you know middle infielders right like you're if you're it's kind of time to show it because you have you know not just the question of story you know we'll be here for five more years after this one and bogart's future but also Meyer and York and these guys coming up and and Lugo and some of these other guys that are behind him in the system. It just seems like he's kind of in no man's land. And you wonder what the trade value is for a guy like that. You know, I always think there is always something to a guy that's been traded multiple times. And if he gets traded again, it'll be his third time, uh, you know, basically without any major league experience, which I think is interesting, but um, you know, at least, you know, he's, he's now in the majors and sounds like he'll get a start uh, Wednesday night against the lefty and, and have at least a cameo to show the Red Sox what he can do before Arroyo and then Kike Hernandez come back. That's going to cause another interesting roster decision. As you tweeted, um, when those guys are back, the Red Sox have to decide between Jaron Duran and Rob Ref Snyder, Ref Snyder, kind of the veteran journeyman, right-handed hitter. He's been great uh, in his limited role. Jaron Duran, everybody knows about him at this point. Um, who would you go with there? And then, you know, what do you think the Red Sox are going to do? 
Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I would trade Kike in, in with zero value whatsoever. I mean, you know, like I just think Sharon Duran is, yeah, fine, zero value. I mean, what are you going to get for him at the end of the year? Nothing. He's going to walk. So I don't care. I, I think Kike, I think uh, Duran's the better player right now. He should be playing center field. I think that Duran is a lot. It's not even remotely close defensively. Oh, no, no, no. I think but they I value think, that. They value that a lot. So that's. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the reason that they might take Rush Snyder over Duran mm-hmm. when, you know, I think that I mean, Duran's, Duran's getting made, subbed out late in games. You know, so I, they can I put Frankie Cordero in right field. I think he's made improvements. Uh, Core even talked about like how they, you know, wanted to work on his arm, and his arm has been better this year. And I did see a throw the other day that was pretty good from uh, Duran. So yes, but I. I mean, at, at this point, I think Durant, you know, can hit in the majors. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's going to be a really good, you know, major league hitter, but I think, he, you know, with his speed and with his ability to, you know, just be that type of player that can get on base and, uh, you know, with his speed and do some things, I think that he's valuable. And so, you know, I know that Kike is obviously awesome at defense, and that's that's an important thing, but – I would say, but getting back to your original question, I would say that probably Ruff Schneider is going to stay just because, um, I don't know. I think they like his defense more. And yeah. I think that, you know, he, he has shown, like, he, you know, he's been a spark. Like in every game, he's done something. Gore was mm-hmm. even that the other day, you know? Yeah. So as long as he's doing, you know, something, you know, you can always send it back down and bring up Durant. So. Right. Man, and they also might that, want to get Duran at bats too, you know. Yeah, more at bats. Well, I think Duran's. I know you were to the contrary on the West Coast trip, but I think he's a, he's a good trade chip too. I mean, I think that they he's a guy that you know he has some major league experience. He's ready. A, a bad team can plug him right in, have him play every day. And like, if you want to this go is, out and get somebody good, that's the kind of guy you move. This is my thought on that, though. It's like. You, you've got so many free agents that you're going to have to either sign or replace in this mm-hmm. upcoming season. I mean, you've got, you know, Valdi and um, Waka and, you know, you've got all those guys from the starting rotation. Hill. And then you've got, what's that? Hill. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys. And then, and then you look at it and you've got, you know, Bogarts and you've got Kike and you've got Jackie. And there's so many free agents that you have to sign across the board, both pitchers and, you know, outfielders that, you, you know, you're going to probably need him next year because you can't sign a whole entire new team or re-sign everybody. And so, um, you know, they, they might, they're probably going to need him next year. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, you can't, I don't know. I, I just, I think he's a pretty good player, but yes, you're right. I mean, at this, his value is probably high right now. Yeah. I mean, he's well guys, in majors, team teams well like guys that have just, you know, poked into the majors at least we'll, we'll end with this. Uh, today there was a, uh, voting update for the all-star team for the first time. Still a few weeks before, uh, Devers is leading at third base over Jose Ramirez, uh, and no other Red Sox at the top two move on to the next round. The top six for outfielders move on to the next round. No other Red Sox are in the top two. Bogarts is third at shortstop. JD is third among DHs. Um, I mean, I know it put you on the spot and, and didn't prep you for this one, but how many Red Sox do you think deserve to be all-stars? I mean, I think we, we start with those three. I mean, J.D. might be tough if it's, you know, Otani and, and uh, Alvarez in front of him, but let, let's say, you know, J.D., Bogarts, and Devers are, are kind of locks. No one else in the position side, right? I mean, that's fair to say. Yeah. And then for pitchers, 
who are you taking? Pavetta, Waka? I mean, any of the relievers? Probably not. So how many do you think we'll get there? Gals isn't in the lineup today, by the way. No, he's not. He's going to be tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Okay. Oh, Wednesday. I thought today was Wednesday. Okay, yes. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, so actually I was thinking Pavetta. Uh, and I, I actually, the only reason that got in my mind was because Garabas tweeted out the other day. Like, Pavetta's an all-star. And then I started mm-hmm. thinking, wait a minute. He kind of is. His ERA is like 1.91 or something in the last nine starts. He's right. gone six or more innings in, in eight of his last nine outings. And in five of those, he's got seven innings. And then he's had two eight-inning games in a, in, one, in a complete game. Like, that's that's pretty ridiculous. So, like, he's, he's definitely, um, you know, a guy that should be an all-star. At this point, if, if the voting was right now for the if they were picking, you know, starting pitchers right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have a couple of guys and we'll see, you know, there's obviously those fill ins of who pitches the Sunday before they don't get to be there. Other guys do. So um, I'm taking Waka. I know the innings total is not very high. I'd t- probably say Pavetta's on the fence and then you're going to go with the, the three guys there um, from the starting lineup endeavors, Martinez and um, Bogarts and Trevor Story, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, I think that's safe to say. So that's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Cotillo. We'll be uh, with you for the rest of the week here at Fenway. And then a long road trip awaits Cleveland, Toronto, and Chicago. <laughs>